Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everybody, it's Matt from the Discussion 5. That's right, your favorite host. I'm just kidding. Um, Here to tell you about uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. You want to find the Hockey Podcast Network at the Hockey Podcast Network. That is every team everywhere. That's right. Hockey Podcast Network is bringing you podcasts from every NHL team and some bonuses you can find Terry Ryan's podcast, Tales with TR. He is the former Montreal Canadiens first-round draft pick, as well as Ice Analytics podcast, which comes to you every Friday. The Hockey Podcast Network continues to grow. You should grow with it. The Hockey Podcast Network. That's thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. And, of course, every team, everywhere. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 54 of the Discussion 5 Wait, let me line this up, I got my videos in the wrong spot There we go Uh, We are the Brothers of Discussion here to talk Detroit Red Wings hockey We are talking the five most pressing matters usually And we... It usually come to you Monday and Thursday morning, uh, but for now, during the uh, lockout um, or the pause of the season, we're only coming to you on Mondays. I am Matthew Clink. I, I can be found at ClinkMatt. That is my brother Mike. He is Michael underscore Clink, and we can be found at BOD Hockey on Twitter. Uh, we are also the brothers of discussion, and we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, remind you that uh, not only do we talk Detroit Red Wings hockey, we also talk pro wrestling we both have our detroit red wings uh wwe t-shirts from uh, wwe night that of course started the everybody's favorite chant at red wings games which is the woo chant uh i think i just did it more like uh, zach Ryder, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but we it's hope like, like patrick star kind of at- bummed out on spongebob <laughs> <laughs> we hope you'll we hope that you'll check us out at bodpodcast.com brothers of discussion.com we are at bodpodcast on twitter and we have a joint instagram account of brothers underscore of underscore discussion that covers both pro wrestling and uh red wings hockey and of course uh we we did make that pivot to red wings hockey because we are a part of the hockey podcast network it's the hockey podcast network.com it's every team everywhere on top of covering every team uh, the Hockey Podcast Network also boasts fantastic shows like Tales with TR, uh, which comes to you every uh, Tuesday, uh, I think. Uh, we have the Ice Analytics Podcast every Friday and the brand new House of Hockey Podcast every Tuesday, hosted by Breezy and Ray Ray. Uh, highly recommend all those shows. I've had a great time listening to them. Hopefully, uh, we'll be guesting on those soon. If you want to keep uh, up to date, though, go to at HockeyPodNet on Twitter uh, to check out everything Hockey Podcast Network. All right, Mike, let's uh, jump in. We don't have a ton of stuff to talk about, so uh, what we're what I wanted to do is just at least uh, pat Dylan Larkin on the back and his dad, Kevin, for donating 50,000 gloves to, uh, to the DMC and St. Joseph Mercy uh, Medical Group. Uh, kind of a, a fun story that... Um, Dylan Larkin's dad runs a company. They have fifty thousand gloves that uh, they figure could go to a better place. They're just laying around. So I, I, I mean, just uh, let's, why don't we throw them? Yeah, let's get in the newspaper. You know, <laughs> we're gonna put them in the garbage. No, uh, and this this really this is almost the tale of how little there is to talk about. Uh, but uh, moving on, Mike, you had the uh, wonderful idea of making sure Pavel Datsuk doesn't get drafted by the Detroit Red Wings. So we're going to take a look at, uh, I guess, a deep dive into the 1998 draft because uh, we it could be considered a redraft, but I think, I mean, 
right? We're gonna we're just gonna take a deeper dive and yeah. <laughs> look at it, right? I, I mean, it, it's... ultimately, you could go to hockeyreference.com, sort the draft by points, and go. All right, we'll take that guy number one, guy number two. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's paint this picture of like Pavel Datsuk going one hundred and seventy first, and and what. Yeah, like, yeah, I uh, thought it would what, be uh, what that meant for the NHL. Yeah, I thought it would be kind of fun. Um, if only because this this wasn't uh, this wasn't a one player draft. There were there were some you know a couple guys you know probably be in the Hall of Fame. Um, there was a lot of talent. I think a lot this draft helped build um, quite a few Stanley Cup winning teams. So not just Cup contenders, but actual uh, winning teams. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of see. Um, you know, how that, how this one year helped build like the next, you know, six, seven years of, of, uh, excellence. It was all in 1998. Um, but man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crazy things in this draft, not just that Datsu goes 171 and, you know, with the Red Wings this year, we're, we're hoping they draft first, you know, and Lafreniere can actually be a, you know, an asset for them. And, you know, there's a couple other guys yeah. who were at the top of the draft. It, it would be a complete nightmare if we didn't get him. But at least with 98, uh, it just – I think it was such a great example of what a crapshoot the draft can be. Um, you know, we had a couple guys in the first round. Uh, I believe Edmonton took them, and they, they played exactly zero NHL games, uh, like drafted 14. You know, and when you think about uh, – Datsuk, of course, at a, 171, you know, playing, you know, damn near close to a thousand games and, you know, basically a point of game guy. Um, it's, it's really tough to evaluate talent, especially if you're the Oilers. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they've proved that for the long run, the long yeah, haul. Right. Uh, not so much, but um, uh, I don't know how we want to, how we want to kind of start this, Matt, because there, there are some really crazy things here in, in 1998. Uh, Cause I, I know, you know, something Eisenman preaches now for what the Red Wings want to do is, is get not just young players, but a lot of them. Uh, but when you look at this draft, there's some really, really strange anomalies. Um, and by that, I mean teams who not only did they not draft Pavel Datsuk, but they drafted 29-year-old players ahead of Datsuk. Um, like the New York Islanders would select Yuri Dupita, who, who actually did play a few NHL games. He's in there for 73. You know, not, not, not bad. You know, nothing to, you know, turn your nose at. But, what, Matt, what, what could the rationale possibly be for drafting a 29-year-old player before Pavel Datsuk? How would you ever justify that as a GM? Well, let's see. Yeah, he's also from the Czech, so it's not like he's he's coming from uh, Canada. But yeah. yeah, I guess at the time they they just saw something from Yuri that uh, you know at twenty nine. Let's bring him in. Uh, I I don't know how that happens back then. I don't know how. I mean, I guess yeah. We 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 we're getting more guys that are available to be drafted at that time. So we see a lot of these older guys and. Czech, Russian, uh, Swedish, Czech, Swedish, Czech. So, <clears throat> like, what happened was the the floodgates were open, and then there were all these guys that had all this this major talent at the time. And it wasn't always that you could just draft from across the globe, which is another point to why Pavel Datsuk went so late in the draft because you didn't have everybody that was uh, scouting in those areas. And we'll talk about. Um, Pavel goes 171st, so it's not like the Red Wings came in and and drafted him in the first round. Um, I know a lot of that plays to that, you know, it's uh, the gamification of the NHL draft because you you want to draft. So so let's say they see something in Yuri Fisher, um, and if they draft Pavel Datsuk first, when the rest of the NHL isn't even taking a look at Pavel Datsuk, it's 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 a bad decision. So uh, like. It, if nobody else is going to be drafting this guy, then you, you can wait. Um, I don't think they knew that Pavel Datsuk was going to turn into Pavel Datsuk. Right. But I, I think there's a huge element of the, the gamification of why draft a guy in the first round that nobody else is going to be drafting in the first round when you can try and hedge your bet, get a couple of guys that are probably going to go a lot earlier because they have some 
you know, they're Canadian, uh, so you can draft those guys willy-nilly. U.S., you know, North American, I guess is what I should say. Um, And and it's just the point of other teams looking at them. So this, this, yeah, this is... um, You know, man, it's just... You've got the older guys because because we started to expand uh, draft eligibility. Um, Yeah, it looks like uh, they were trying to draft, like, you know, almost like like a finished product. You know, this guy's 30. He's ready to play right now. You know, we don't have to roll the dice and see if he's, you know, going to be able to get there. Like, he's already almost 30. Uh, I'm talking about DePetra, De DePita. Uh, it, it's right. It's just, you know, the way you bring up that point, it's almost like, you know, were, were the Red Wings the smartest guys in the room or were they taking a flyer on a guy in the fifth round? You know what I mean? Like, at that point, if we're not drafting Pavel all the way to the fifth round, then let's just let's use that draft pick on a Canadian and then we'll do, you know, uh, <laughs> like a rookie free agent, you know, after the draft, we'll, we'll bring Pavel in for a tryout, you know, see how he does, you know, uh, against like some pylons and cones on the ice, see if he can skate, who knows. Um, but, you know, got luck, you know, the, the, the gods, the hockey gods smiled on the Red Wings because this, this wasn't a home run draft for Detroit. Man. Um, I mean, you got. I guess it was one home run. Let's, let's let me rephrase that, because uh, you had a you know first <laughs> first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, but it was super duper top heavy. Uh, the Wings had eleven picks in this draft, um, and they they really only hit on two, um, you know, with Pavel and then uh, Yuri Fisher, who you know uh, had to hang him up earlier than everyone would have liked, you know, because of health. Um, right. But, uh, you know, there's a couple teams that, that really, you know, smack some, you know, uh, uh, I don't know why I keep using baseball analogies. They uh, they scored some hat tricks. How about that? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, like. So they only got three guys is what Mike's saying. Yeah. Just <laughs> After that, you're, we just release you. We, we just want hat tricks. Nobody cares about four goal games. Um, I'm talking about teams like, uh, like the Canadians. They, um. God, I think they, of their 11 picks, they had six guys, seven guys play at least 50 games, and then a couple guys play, uh, you know, hundreds of games, uh, you know, looking at the... Wait. Yeah, and you've got to, you know, you got to put the asterisk that not all these guys finish their career with the Canadians. No, but, but I'm they, just saying that your like ability they... to scout and actually pick out good players, you know, I, I wouldn't mind right. having, you know, the, the talent development or scouting departments from, like, Montreal. Right, and I, I thought it was interesting when uh, when you took the note down for the Canadians to, like, go go ahead and just think about it. Do they have a Stanley Cup out of this? They do not um so they they what the problem was is if if you're a canadians fan you're probably well aware of this but the dis, uh how they distribute talent um before prime or uh if if they're in their prime uh so they're, they're not timing out properly when they when they got to keep these guys because you could take a look at francois Beauchemin and while he wasn't in like the top 10 he actually had a season where he had uh heart trophy votes which is incredible for a defenseman and i i just it's it's something that uh you know he goes on and um what is he has a ton of success with anaheim um so it it's it's one of those things that i i i think there's a ton to take away from from um not only having a season like that let me uh let me actually pull this up before i put my foot in my mouth here uh but you know or to have a draft like that but then you could also start trying to figure out okay so they do know how to draft they do know how to bring guys onto this team to start yeah um but he he only played one game with with montreal uh francois beauchemin his his entire career um yeah and then if i could actually put the number on it he finished uh fourth in Norris Trophy voting and 23rd in Hart Trophy voting in 2012 and 2013, and that's that's nothing to sneeze at when you're when you're a defenseman who's getting Hart Trophy votes uh, because the way that you know we we know the Hart Trophy works, it's pretty much just you know let's take a chunk of the top five guys and points who are all forwards, uh, and, and we'll see who you know who did we like the best. Um, but yeah, the, uh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to jump on your point too much. But um, I, I, I think to to look at Montreal, it's almost sad 
uh, with how many guys they, they nailed it with that actually became like career NHLers and weren't just one throwaway season. Uh, but Mike, you have a, you have a list of quite a few teams that I think, um, I, I think as the list goes on, it comes back to your point of some Stanley cups actually coming out of this draft. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the big ones too was, uh, Tampa Bay, um, and I know that was a team I, I followed a lot because uh, they were winning when my uh, beloved Pistons were winning their championship in 04. Um, but I mean, this 98 draft was so fruitful for them. Uh, you know, Vincent LeCavalier, uh, you might have heard of him. Uh, Brad Richards, of course. Uh, a fan of Sinkoff. The journeyman. Uh, played a pretty big role, too. Um, so, I, I mean, that's, that's another one where it's just, I, I mean, like pillars of that, that team. They, they all did really well there. Um, you know, lengthy careers, scored a lot of points, uh, you know, award-winning guys, um, and, and most importantly, you know, Florida Stanley's Cup there. So um, I'd say the other... Yeah, and that's, that's first overall pick, uh, Vincent LeCavalier, yeah. right? And then uh, you were bringing it up before before the, the show even started. I mean, this is, this is a guy that goes on to get close to uh to winning some some rockets a few times and then uh winning the rocket richard twice right uh, i think he just said it uh the one time oh okay um but yeah that i mean that that's huge and um uh you know the tampa bay lightning pick up martin san louis too um pretty close to that time so they they've just got this run of richards le cavalier and martin san louis uh for a good chunk of time of course before those guys start splitting up uh into into different teams um but yeah this is for tampa bay this this was huge and this this goes to that point of like hitting that reset button and uh maybe not necessarily for them thinking like we're hitting a reset button they just flat out sucked uh the year before but um i think the the argument for like keeping the draft pretty much the way it works is that those teams that suck the most have the best chance at getting that first pick. Um, yeah. it, it can make a huge difference, obviously. Makes a huge difference. Um, Lafreniere, come on. Come aboard, yeah. buddy. We can't wait to have you. Uh, I'm sure. Well, he doesn't have a say. That's, <laughs> he's just, he, he just has to follow along. That's not unprecedented. You know, we saw um, Eli Manning. You know, he said, nope, um, um, I want to play in New York. And I will just not play. And, uh, you know, it worked out for him. We saw uh, uh, Steve Francis do that in the NBA. You know, there's all sorts of guys who just, you know, let, let's let's set it up. Lafreniere, come aboard, man. Just refuse. Just say, nope, I'm going to go play abroad. I only want to be around me. And then what are they going to do? Waste the first pick? Waste the second pick? No. You heard it here first. You can do whatever you want. Alex. All right, guys, so Mike's getting rid of Pavel Datsuk today. Woo! And now he's letting us know that even if we want Alexi Lafreniere, he's he's not guaranteed to come. So just all, all good news. Sunshine all and lollipops for Mike today. Yes, absolutely. Um, I did want to throw in one more team that, um, again, did really well in 1998. Uh, and they drafted uh, Martin Skula and Alex Tange. That would be the Colorado Avalanche. who got a cup uh, out of this uh, fruitful draft here. Um, you know, and a couple guys again who just had monster careers, uh, hundreds of games played, tons of points. Um, you know, and they they contributed, you know, to winning hockey. So, um, you know, Colorado, Tampa, and obviously, you know, we're gonna. They only hit really. They only hit once, but I mean, to to get one of the greatest players ever, you have to put Detroit on that list, and they got a Stanley Cup. Um, oh, one more team, Matt. I, you know, because uh, I got uh, Gianta and, and Scott Gomez out of it. Were the Devils, who you know were really dominant yeah. for a couple of years here. So I didn't want to exclude them. Um, well, yeah, no, they're they they definitely have to because you got to figure you're trying to count how many Stanley Cups come out of this draft from guys that are that are actually making that difference. And then Scott Gomez wins the Calder, uh, which is you know Rookie of the Year uh helps helps the devils get the 2000 cup and then the 2003 cup so i, I mean obviously you know broder probably had a lot to say about that <laughs> he might, he but, but it was bit. pretty important yeah. for the devils to to nail those drafts because they, they were always that trap team and this was an opportunity a scott gomez comes on and a, and a gianta 
and and this team starts to get a little bit more offense, some more firepower. So now they were they were already strong. I mean, they win the cup in 1995. They're always at the top of the standings, and they're getting the last pick in the draft because they're always doing great at this time, yeah. thanks to Martin Brodeur. But um, yeah, it was it was important for them to nail those forward draft picks, uh, whatever was going on to keep this team surviving through the rest of the season. Um, I you know you you when you when you're doing that great you're always cutting it pretty close to the teeth when it comes to the draft like it's all right you you've got to nail it um you're not always expecting a scott gomez to actually roll on through so when you're cutting it so close you just sometimes you got to get lucky but mike there's a way to cut it close and not get lucky and that's of course by our sponsor manscaped and the manscaped lawnmower 3.0 you don't have to get lucky mike because this thing is scientifically designed to keep you nice and clean cut short comfortable i think you and i have both had a good time uh getting our ducks in a row uh getting nice and uh comfortable in our undies um and and i i just uh, i couldn't i couldn't have been more happy um to feel to feel the fresh air uh you you had to mike you had to do it you had to use the lawnmower and then open up the window in the bathroom and let the air breeze on through i'm not sure how easy it is in your bathroom but i'm pretty lucky i've got a pretty low hanging uh balls not not uh ball sack um i've got a low hanging window because even if you do have low hanging balls uh this device is (laughs) incredible you'll get right under there you'll feel safe you'll feel clean um i i'm actually i'm just it's a pleasure to use the device uh i just i love the lotion that they include too um a little ball perfume it's a nice box. oh my goodness yeah it's really good undies especially are my favorite undies I, I mean i've i've been wearing sweatpants basically since we've been quarantined um and sweatpants are really you know they get their name because they they generate a lot of sweat in the ball area um that's um, a, a wikipedia article i read that i'm putting together that's where balls you know that's where they get their scent from but luckily right. even though i'm wearing all these sweatpants matt Basically, the only time I just I do laundry and my laundry is all sweatpants and they all smell like balls. But now that I'm using this ball perfume, I actually like my girlfriend comes home. You know, she. You mean deodorant? No, there's two. Well, I mean, it's it, they call it deodorant, but it's kind of a ball perfume because it smells really good, man. Um, my cat has never cuddled me more. Uh, he's a big fan of it, uh, and. You know, my girlfriend's a girl, so it's it's really hitting both parties here. I got male and female, both really enjoy what's going on. Well, getting back to our trimmer, uh, <laughs> that thing is makes us Same, so comfortable. It's such a great product uh, to put all those things together. I, I really enjoy it. Well, yeah, Manscaped uh, knew it was important to redesign the electric trimmer. Uh, Manscaped uh, engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and uh, that's that's what we want to make sure you guys are are taking away from this message today, uh, Mike. When I tell you, or when I told you, or when I tell all of the audience here that this thing, I, I mean, we've had products before sent to us, and I don't care for them. I don't use them. I'm actually excited to cut my balls now, um, and and you can make sure that your balls are always getting the the care and love they need because of the battery that lasts up to 90 minutes and of course now they have the the cool charging usb cable that uh makes everything nice and convenient for you so who doesn't have a million different ways to charge with a usb in their house um they've got the 7000 rpm motor um and mike for you to to get involved i'm really stumbling here because uh, we never even mentioned to uh the crowd or the uh the audience that uh i I only have one eyeball um we mentioned it on our wrestling podcast i didn't mention it i think the problem is Uh, you can get 20 percent off it's you can get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the promo code thpn at manscape.com i apologize for really breaking the fourth wall here but i i got i gotta lean in and uh squint here uh 20 percent off and free shipping using that promo code again thpn at manscaped.com um yeah we, we hey, love you look it. like Check uh, it out. the islanders uh let's see should we get pavel daksuk at age 20 or yuri depita wow he's already got 29 something i'm picking yuri depita Woo! all right go ahead <laughs> 
I think too. There's there's a story uh, about the uh, Detroit Red Wings like lucking out and eat and, and getting a chance to see Datsuk when they weren't even supposed to see him. So this wasn't a guy that was that was really on anybody's radar. And it it wasn't like you get to cheat now where somebody has like a great season uh, overseas and then they have a YouTube channel and it's devoted to them. So then scouts can even just check people out then. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's so much that has changed uh, the way the way scouting works now. The guys that were eligible uh, back then and who are eligible now, and just like kind of how you set you had your home base set up um, in different in different countries or like planning when you were going to see guys because you couldn't see everybody. And and then the the idea that Datsuk goes at 171 is why so many teams expanded what they were doing overseas um but where were we mike you we talked old timers um hall of famers in this draft i thought um, it's a big word it's a it's a big phrase maybe uh maybe a little too generous but man you know looking at these stats looking at these guys who played you know 18 years 19 years 20 years yeah um how many how many hall of famers would you say came out of 1998 I think we still got a guys with a couple, maybe another year or two of eligibility here. Um, and we definitely have time for uh, <laughs> some right. guys to get reexamined while we're still in quarantine. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame, too. So what I was doing in my head was saying, why isn't Pavel Datsuk eligible? Well, it's because he's still playing hockey over in Russia. So he's still, he's still got to retire and wait three years before he's eligible. We which, keep asking um, him and he keeps playing. <laughs> damn him damn um i'm always I'm, I'm always curious like uh if if it is enough to be you know ha- have uh have your calder win the calder trophy kind of thing is that enough to become a hall of famer do you need that long lasting career which again uh you know you've got to be a part of uh in my head you get a lot closer when you're a part of stanley cup teams uh i mean pavel datsuk for me is a shoe in um i i mean advanced analytics was almost created to make the argument that Pavel Datsuk is one of the greatest hockey players of all time. And that didn't happen by accident. He had his, his heart trophy votes. Nope. He had his Selkie no, votes. He had his Lady Bang uh, trophies. No, uh, he had his Stanley Cup. No hockey city is more well-versed in what a Lady Bang trophy is than the city of Detroit. <laughs> right. We got Eisenman. We got Datsuk. It's the biggest trophy you can get. Woo! And it's all about being a, a gentleman on the ice and still... Still that um, that subjective, you know, and uh, still, you know, being a pretty good player, too. So you got you to gotta be a gentleman, and then you got to be pretty good. Like, there isn't, like, a, like a point plateau. It's just if you're right. gentlemanly enough and you're not, you know, dog shit on the ice, you're eligible for <laughs> um, I love the definition of that trophy. But um, <laughs> Dexu definitely earned it because um, he was a, a gentleman. What did he have, like? 10 penalty points penalty minutes for his whole career yeah uh yeah i i mean it's a it's a silly award but if they're gonna give it out then you know one of the guys that's won it most often has got yeah like it's got to count for something in that hall of fame conversation um then for tampa you got to figure le cavalier and um i know brad richards didn't finish out his career there but uh since we're talking about him being drafted by tampa I mean, those two guys had long careers. They collected a lot of points. They won Stanley Cups. You know, I I mean, Le Cavalier, again, is a shoe-in. Um, David Leguan, you have on the list here. I that one's that one's tough for me because you don't you don't have the same accolades. You just have a long career. Yeah. Um, Brad Stewart is a no for me. Uh, Alex Tungay, I would say, uh, should be in there if he's not already. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a Hall of Fame like trivia expert, so I'd <laughs> some of the I mean I could be saying names right now that are already in there. Um Scott Gomez, I would say you've got a couple of Stanley Cups in there. I think uh the 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 Hall of Fame does like uh the, the East Coast there, so uh whatever's going on that, that keeps away from the West Coast or keeps away from any of the southern teams, they're they're always happy to to award that so yeah I'd, I'd say scott gomez is in there um or at least at least in the conversation too because I, I was taking a look at like um i was trying to figure out who if any of these guys 
were, were eligible right now and some of them are, are getting their eligibility or last year or, th or this year but there are still guys that wait forever uh, past their eligibility and then and then finally make it in um i just don't like the nhl has never really been that league that tries to usher in 50 guys uh in a year you know it's it's not like the wwe hall of fame where they're <laughs> they're trying to fill out like a night of entertainment right. by having a wwe hall of fame show um i mean the nhl hall of fame could walk away with three guys getting getting in and, and they'll be fine with that i i, I would say I, I don't keep an eye on the NBA Hall of Fame. Oh, my um, God. They'll let anybody in. At all? Yeah. So uh, I, I would say it's probably, like, Major League Baseball, then the NHL. For, for like, stingiest Hall of Fames, it's Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, and then based on what you just oh said, my God, yeah. uh, we'll put NBA in there at number four. Yeah, if you hit a, like, 26-foot three-pointer in the second quarter of game 35, you're in <laughs> well it's either that or if you're talking about whose jersey gets retired for the detroit pistons and it's i'm waiting for duncan darvin ham to get up there uh because he was technically on <laughs> <at 15. laughs> uh, maybe not darko's like playing jersey but maybe like number two because he's drafted number two um and then we had two finals appearances so kind of I know we'd have to like take down Chuck Daly's, uh, but it would be well deserved for Darko. Um, so, Matt, I don't know if you're ready, but what we're gonna try to do it's it's a long draft. So I thought we'd try and do the top ten and then kind of see what's left. Uh, you know, if these teams knew how to scout, what's left for the Red Wings there, picking at I think 25. Yeah, and I'll throw in there too. Um, I'm not gonna be picking up any goaltenders. Uh, the best you goaltender that Croft? was drafted, he's, he's right? A beast. The best, <laughs> best goaltender that was drafted is is uh, is Raycroft, and he he ends up with a 900 save percentage. Um, I mean, a, a career backup goaltender. So I, I'm not I'm not going into the draft. I haven't done a deep a dive on Raycroft. Goaltender. I, don't, I don't know if he's like the Bernier of his time. You know, uh, <laughs> so so uh, doing about 90. 90 percent um he's batting about 500 now and his, his win loss with you know the losses starting to creep up over the the wins um but a guy i'm because of bernie i'm gonna throw ray Croft some love so i'm, I'm glad you name dropped him for this episode man. matt i would be remiss if we did this draft and i didn't give you the first pick it was my it was my idea to try and do this um and I know how much you value him. I know that you didn't, you almost didn't want to do this whole thing because you, you knew it would mean the Red Wings didn't get that. So, so what I'm going to do is at least give you a personal victory. Matt, with the first pick in the 1998 NHL draft, who does Tampa Bay pick? Well, look. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking... We're talking a guy. All right, so let, let's just look at this. So you've got LeCavalier, Brad Richards, Pavel Datsuk. Those are the top three guys. We'll throw in Alex Tungay. Uh, top four guys, right, in points. Pavel has 918 points in 953 games. Richards, Richards has more points at 932, but he played 1,126 games. And then LeCavalier is on top of both of them at 949, but he played 1,200 games. That's a lot. That's a lot of games. A lot more than Pavel Datsuk. Uh, the point share, too, is a fantastic statistic that'll help measure, like, how many points did this player contribute to whatever team they were on and, and their victories and getting, you know, moving up in the standings. It's like a war for baseball. It's just dumbed down. It's not as... Um, it's not universally accepted as like a top way to to measure a hockey player because there's not too much science involved in it like there is with war but if you sort this draft just by that statistic pavel datsuk is at 111.2 second place guy andre markov is at 104 and a lot of that has to do with that team's um success as well so you can actually have a lower a lower point share because the team you played for sucked but it also has to do with your own your own abilities uh uh on the ice as well so all of that put together pavel datsuk has the most points per game he has the highest point share um we talked about the awards 
I just don't know how you go any other direction but Pavel Datsuk. Um, one of the best two-way forwards of all time. One of the best hockey players of all time. And, uh, yeah, he should... If, uh, you know, hi- hindsight being twenty twenty, he he should have been the number one pick um, in the 1998 draft. I think the only other question for you, Matt, is uh, obviously Tampa did pretty well. Uh, they drafted two you know, hockey hall of fame players. Um, do you think that their ceiling would have been the same or higher with Pavel? So, uh, wait, is Tampa? So Tampa, if, so, you know, they, they're still, they get the okay. first pick and they pick Pavel Datsu. Everybody falls out of their chairs. Who the fuck is Pavel Datsu? And he comes in and he's Pavel Datsu. Do you think that their ceiling is the same? Like they, you know, basically leave this era with a cup? Or do they get a couple more cups with Pavel? I I mean... <sighs> well, you're also talking about a guy that's going to stick with one team for his whole career. Um, I mean, that, that, that also kind of depends on being traded and whatnot, yeah. but... Um, I mean, when, when you look at like the, uh, the 2004 cup, uh, we're not looking at Le Cavalier and, and Brad, uh, Richards leading the lightning in points. It's Martin San Louis who they picked up as an undrafted, uh, free agent. Um, and also Pavel didn't even play until 2002, uh, which is also kind of tough because, I mean, there's so many variables here. So, um, you get to see Pavel play with Martin San Louis, but is he playing sooner in his career because, you know, the Red Wings had so many guys already on the roster. There wasn't mo- there wasn't room for Pavel, so you could really wait for him to marry yeah. um, before you, you bring him up. Um, I mean, the easy thing for me to say without being educated enough in Tampa Bay's background and not knowing what actually would happen. The easy thing to say is just, sure, you, you have more success because you have one of the greatest hockey players of all time um, in your roster. So there has to be, there has to be more success there. Um, I just don't know, you know, going forward, what changes does he play a season sooner? So then other drafts change for, for Tampa Bay, do they see Pavel bring him in and he's he's playing that next season and then they're not doing an undrafted free agent signing of Martin San Louis, so then they go forward into the future and only have Pavel Datsuk going forward. Because if you know, if we're playing this game, that means Tampa Bay is not getting Le Cavalier, they're not getting Brad Richards because they're being drafted much sooner as well. Um Yeah, it's 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 tricky to say. If anybody's played these redrafting games and they can give a sure answer on anything with the years of variables that get absolutely trashed um, with these choices, uh, then they're garbage people. Um, but yeah, I, I would just say the easy answer is just to go, well, now you have a better player on your team. So sure, your team will perform better. Uh, but, you know, a million things just changed with that, that one switcheroo solid um i'm gonna take the <laughs> i i don't know what you want it's there's nothing to disagree with um I, with the second pick matt you, you gotta go the cavalier um you know it's some of the stuff we've already harped on um he is a winner uh you know he's got the got the cup in his pocket um he's also got well, I, this is... I, I know it's not Matt, as you, as a fan of Pavel, you know you're gonna you're gonna mm-hmm. favor guys who you know are playmakers, you know getting assists, um, guys who play defense, um, you know maybe guys who are gentlemen, gentlemanly. <laughs> uh, that's why you know Pavel's more of a priority. But I think we look at him as ultimate team player. Uh, but when I was playing the video game, uh, you know, and I'm watching the highlights, uh, you know, NHL.com or you know, back when ESPN used to have hockey highlights. Remember those days? Um, Le Cavalier was a goal scorer. Um, you know, he's a guy who won the, the Rocket, uh, Richard, uh, God, what was that, 06? 
um, you know, pumping in 52. Um, and it's just funny that he and Pavel both kind of had a, uh, like a similar stretch in kind of similar years where, you know, they had their best numbers kind of like that uh, 06, 7, 8, 9, right around there. They, you know, had that little chunk where they're in their primes. Um, and the caveat, obviously, he wasn't as, as, you know, strong a defender. I, I don't know if anybody was as strong a defender as a forward as, as Pavel at that time. Um, you know, it's why Pavel was able to, um, you know, take that selkie home. Um, but, you know, Le Cavalier was still, you know, he's in the conversation a little bit. Um, he got votes for that. He just, he wasn't as good as Pavel. Um, he was a little bit better goal scorer. Um, but uh, he's deserving of the number two. I, I don't think he, I don't think if you look at their entire careers, he's deserving of being, you know, above Pavel. Um, well, so this is where I think it gets more interesting. So LeCavalier gets taken off of Tampa Bay and you put in Pavel Datsuk, mm-hmm. right? Nashville gets to remove David Legwand, who, you know, he had a fine career. He, 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 Nash- he did fine. Right. I was going to say, when you talk to a Nashville fan, they probably would say, no, I want, I want David Leguan forever. But now they get Vincent LeCavalier. And, you know, now he's, now he becomes the, the darling of the Nashville Predators. Does he ever leave Nashville? Do they give him everything? Um, how, how much sooner does he get inserted into the lineup and become the, the superstar yeah. of, uh, of the Predators? And for all those years that, um, Red Wings would run into the Predators in the playoffs. Um, you know, what's what's the difference there? Uh, do they, Are they able to bring in better free agents? Oh, excuse me. Uh, is it years of a... I mean, you've got Barry Trotz there uh, for a while. So are we bringing in Stanley Cups now that there's, like, a Hall of Fame forward? Because, again, I, David Legwand... Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't. I don't see a Hall of Famer there. But LeCavalier, yes. So now you've got a, a team that immediately is making their pivot into their first year from being um, just defensive, and you've got a lot of stay-at-home forwards um, to to one now that that can take more chances. Um, we'll probably have a stronger power play, and and they'll be able to make you know. I mean, this this is the problem, right? Does Leguan have a better career in Tampa Bay? I don't know. Right? I think uh, if he's playing with Martin San Luis, he's playing with the coaching style of Tampa Bay. Is David Leguan's whole career in projection? Does that go in a completely different direction? And then we're saying, oh my God, you have that defensive forward like David Leguan, and then for his whole career, it's just him and Pavel Datsuk head to head as who's going to be the better <laughs> defensive forward who also scores a ton because I've got Martin San Luis next to me. Yeah. You know, it's it's um, it's also uh, fun to play this too because they're both centers, so they were both looking for that. You know, who who. Uh, some some guy that wasn't we're not looking for a winger we're not looking for a guy that's uh we're looking for someone that's going to be the first forward back we're looking for somebody that can win faceoffs. uh you know it's just there's there's more to ask from a center than uh a left wing or right wing or or a defenseman um but yeah that's there's there's so many variables but i still think all right so let's say the points stay the same we have a guy that's that's going to be more successful offensively in Le Cavalier over David Leguan. And like you mentioned, Le Cavalier was still getting those Selkie votes. So it's not like he, he wasn't a defensive forward. Right. It's just you get Selkie votes because you get noticed. And it's more about having guys that have names that are winning awards than anything else. Ah, but um, so he, he, he wasn't trash, uh, basically. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that projection is 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 fun to say. You know, does Nashville go com- in a completely different direction? But I, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, you gotta so take think... uh, you gotta take the third pick now in this uh, this uh, helter skelter first round, where teams are radically changing their futures here when you upgrade <laughs> from Le Cavalier to Pavel, but then you know from Blackwan to Le Cavalier. Um, so Matt, you got the Sharks. Uh, well, yeah, so you, you've got to take a look here at, so w- there's three defensemen going in a row here. So it wasn't like 
when it came to scouting or projecting that it was all right there's a ton of forwards we have to pick up uh so you got to kind of look at the sharks in that they were thinking defense moving forward and then if you round out the top 10 um there really wasn't another le cavalier uh going in this top 10 um so with that i did actually have my pick and now i forgot who i picked um oh right uh we're gonna take montreal canadians pick away from number 162 uh another late russian that was drafted and andre markov will be the new defenseman for the san jose sharks i just uh we kind of keep it in the same realm but now we have a defenseman that's gonna make a a, a a bigger difference offensively uh as the career rolls on and then and then hey if everything rolls out the same way then eventually the detroit red wings are going to pick up andre markov in a trade with the san jose sharks in uh the <laughs> 2008 it. uh trade deadline i love it um uh, I, I mean markov was another one of my boys i always picked up as a either traded for him or picked him up as a free agent in the video game uh just solid dude um unfortunately he played for montreal so he didn't win any cups in real life man uh, but um yeah i think uh i like your mentality there and it, it just it's just kind of interesting like like you said three defensemen in a row three four five um and then thinking about our boy Eiserman, you know taking mo cider at the top so i wonder if this is going to be this draft for ed stewart Ooh. wait Mort Sider is Brad Stewart. Going defenseman in the first, <laughs> first six picks, man. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, there's other guys. There's forwards. Maybe the Red Wings, are they going to regret? I don't know. How many defensemen would you, I mean, you went to Markov, who was, again, that means if we're going, what was it, 100 and, what was he? 61. 161. Jesus. 62. Whew, a lot of people passed on that guy, so it's it's just again kind of that that crapshoot mentality. Uh, but I'm I'm going four here now with Vancouver. Um, it's it's just do you just go Brad Richards uh, because you know he 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 got to play the same junior team as Le Cavalier and you know then you know he got to win some cups with Tampa. I, no, Matt, I'm going uh, Tange. Um, I think he was hell, you know, uh, as a as a left winger there playing against our beloved Red Wings. Uh, you know, we were in the still in the stages where we were feuding with them, and the guy was he was a nightmare. He was all over the ice. Um, again, another point scorer, um, Stanley Cup winner. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm tired of doing all these centers. We're not we're not just doing centers at the top of this draft. There's not a lot of wings up there who you know had the the lengthier careers. It's it's basically Alex, and then you got to uh, dive a little bit. You got like the Gagnés and the you know Giantas of the world. Matt, I'm taking the best wing on the board. Give me Tonga. All right, I'll take Brad Richards. Damn it! I wanted to take him with my next pick. Son of a. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you're, uh, I didn't know if you're going to try and do the next defenseman on the board. Cause I know Anaheim was interested in getting one of those. Nah, I, I, I like the idea now that, um, like it, it, it just for me in San Jose doing it with a bunch of defensemen going, um, I guess you could make the argument that the ducks were like, oh shit, this is all that's left. But, um, oh, I'm going to take Brad Richards. Uh, yeah, there's. This is the rhyme or reason here without me knowing like the mindset of the Ducks. And this is all just conjecture. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go with the guy who ended up with the second most points in his career in this draft. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, 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 he did okay for himself, man. He did okay for himself. Uh, I just, I, uh, I have Calgary now, Matt, and uh, they... Mm-hmm. Of the top ten players, they picked the worst one um, of this draft. Uh, yeah, uh, Rico. Rico, do him a favor. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta try and help him out. Um, Rico, he <laughs> he did play two hundred and thirty NHL games, man. So he played roughly two hundred and thirty more than the two of us combined. 
Uh, Matt, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal one of the picks um, again. We're just, we're, 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 we're pillaging from Montreal, who, who knows how to draft. Give me Mike Ribeiro. Uh, he's a center. Dude played what, 19 years in the league. He's a monster. Uh, one of the top five point getters, just on the outside of being, you know, at that upper echelon with, you know, the Pavels and the, the Cavaliers. Um, just a really good player. Uh, you know, maybe he'll get a minor league stadium a la, you know, Mike Madano, you know, in the uh, <laughs> in the Montreal area, something like that. But yeah. at the very least, he's going to get it in the Calgary area because he did a lot better than Rico Fata um, and his career plus minus negative 60. So, uh, you know, Calgary <laughs> kind of, you really screwed the pooch on that one. Matt? That brings us to uh, the New York Rangers. Who? Yep, I've got number seven with the Rangers. Fuck the Rangers. Uh, they're going to take Yuri to Pita. No, that was uh, my pick at number nine. Damn it. All right, I'll save that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, yeah, now Manny Malholcha's uh, on the board. Uh, a great centerman uh, face-off winner for his for his career. But, uh, yeah, fuck the Rangers. They're, they're taking that 29-year-old Yuri. Uh, go ahead, Mike. You got number eight with the fucking Blackhawks. Ah, oh, fucking Blackhawks. I, I gotta say, like, it's down to, for me, Legwand, or am I gonna do Scott Gomez? And I gotta think the way the Blackhawks, you know, they, again, you know, another rival for the Red Wings here. Um, a team that really made us grind our molars. It's like, God, I hate everybody on their team. Every fucking player, every fucking, I hate their goalies, and their goalies don't even bump into our guys. But Matt, I got to put Gomez in there because I, I can't, I don't hate David Legwan. He's, he's a, I know he's, I think they're kind of similar players, Gomez and Legwan, but I, I think Gomez just makes you grind your molars a little bit more. So I think he would have been more at home in Chicago as a Blackhawk. So give oh, yeah, me going. I mean, we hated the, we hated the devils. So makes sense. It would be a pretty Scott easy Gomez. transition that hatred. Like, I don't want to give poor Legwan, you know, it's like, it's like putting Captain America on, you know, the Blackhawks. I'm not going to do that to him. So, Matt, give me Gomi. Gomi goes to the Hawks. All right, so that means the Islanders are taking Legwand. Ooh. Um, and then uh, I, and you've got the Leafs. I get Toronto. Now, they, uh, they didn't totally bomb this draft. Uh, Nick, was it Antropov? He had, a, he had a solid career. Um, he didn't yep. play for a super long time, though. It's, um, you know, 2013, so about eh, about 15 years. Yeah, he did all right for himself. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to help them out. Uh, they they get screwed left and right, Matt. Uh, Do they? I mean, they just they don't win. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, they, they do get, uh, they do get their share of, uh, draft lottery victories, which I hope the Red Wings can get some of that luck this year again. Uh, Matt, we close out the top 10 here. We're going to break up the Devils. They already lost Gomi. Matt, they also lose Gianta. He's gone. So the Devils are fucked. They don't get their cups. <laughs> uh, Red Wings maybe get a few extra cups here, but that's all dependent here as we, uh, yeah, that's a good point because we're still at the top of the league. So somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win those cups in uh, 2000 and 2003. If we take both of those guys off the team, yeah, the Devils are um, out. That's, uh, that's and a... and the Avalanche are weaker because they don't have Tuggay anymore. So Matt, that means so... we, what we promised. These there's a lot of guys drafted. We're not going to do the entire you know 280 whatever it was. So Matt, we did the top ten. We radically changed the, the trajectories of a couple teams here, like Nashville, um, Tampa Bay now with a, a sure ballot Hall of Famer instead of a really, really pretty good player. So, Matt, at 25, who do you think would make it all the way down to our beloved Red Wings? Because originally they took Erie Fisher, who, again, uh, you know, we all like the guy, and it just health would not cooperate. His body would not cooperate with him. So he didn't get to play as long as he wanted. At 25, first round, who do the Red Wings get? Well, I again, how how does this work? Does do teams get this list? Because then I just, just go have to the go 25th to go down player. No, I, I'll, 
I'll say since the Oilers took uh, uh, Sean Horkoff at 99, uh, he's a Michigan State boy. Uh, I'll say the Red Wings go ahead and pick up Sean Horkoff to get a center since they were, uh, I don't know, maybe I should have taken a defenseman there. But, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take Sean Horkoff. That's Why what not? I was going to do. I was going to go to a couple guys who ended up being Red Wings. It was either going to be Samuelson for me or Brad Stewart. Oh, yeah, Brad Stewart actually would have been a fun one to throw in there since that would have been their replacement for a defenseman that was drafted uh, by the Wingies. All right, Mike, we did it. Uh, This is like one of our longest episodes ever, and I hope everybody enjoyed seeing Pavel Datsuk uh, go to the Tampa Bay Lightning. uh, uh, But honestly, I I know what uh, what you meant, Mike, is... um, you know, we, we were kind of just highlighting how different the draft was at that point, um, uh, how different scouting was, and I don't know. It's um, it, it would be an interesting thing for us to see how many guys going from fifth, sixth, seventh round, you know, around this time, uh, or like go back ten years, how many guys are actually getting near a point per game um, in those fifth, sixth, and seventh right. rounds that uh, that Pavel Datsuk got up to. Um, just being that we, we all have the internet now and you can pretty much get an opportunity to see every player. Uh, it's going to be pretty tough to have a battle that to sneak down that far. So I guess don't be as mad at the Red Wings when the draft doesn't work out as well as it used to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, that's the lesson learned today. Um, Mike, I don't know, you know, did you take anything else away from this? Um... No, I, I mean, nothing that we haven't harped on already, just that, you know, it is such a crapshoot. Um, I, don't, I don't think... It, no, at the very least, I, I don't it was a crapshoot. Most shoot. of these teams, I, I hope, you know, would not, like, redraft the way they did. You know, I know that's kind of something obvious, but um, there were still top 10 players in the top 10, I'll say. You know, it wasn't like, a, you know, like... LeCavalier wasn't a total, you know, bag of diarrhea. Leguan wasn't a total bag of diarrhea. Stewart as well. Um, so, I mean, that there, there's there's some ability to scout. It is a crapshoot, but, you know, that's like saying, you know, Lafreniere is, is probably – there's a pretty good chance he's going to be pretty good. You know what I mean? Um, so, I guess these, these teams aren't as inept as, you know, we, we jokingly said. Maybe some of them are. I'm looking at you, Islanders. Um but, and I mean, even the Red Wings too, Matt, because, you know, again, we said they only got two out of 11, uh, but they did arguably get the best players. So, I mean, are you going to be upset that nine of those guys never played in the NHL or are you going to be super pumped that they drafted the best player? You know, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a top, right. it wasn't a top 10 pick. It wasn't even a top five pick. It was barely a top 200 pick. Um. I don't know. So I guess just don't be too crushed come draft night. Because uh, I know, you know, last year we all kind of like, what? Who's Mo Sider? And now it looks like the guy's going to be, you know, somebody who's going to stick around for a while. He he, he looks pretty good um, in the minors. And I, I can tell what you're doing there. Like, you, we want to say, like, no, it looks like he's he's going to be the next Nick Lidstrom. Then we're like, well, yeah, he hasn't played a pro game yet. Yeah, he's played zero uh, so far. <laughs> Right. Uh, it's all, it's always just hope. Like there's nothing else to write in like newspapers nowadays. Um, and what are the Griffins going to do is come around and tell us like, ah, no, he's dog shit. Um, so it's just, <laughs> um, we, we won't know until we know. And I think that that's a good thing to take away from this too. Yeah. Um, which takes away from all the fun of like running a podcast or doing, you know, any sort of <laughs> analysis of, of pro hockey. Um, or I shouldn't say analysis. Analysis is what we should be doing is doing the after and how can you improve. But instead, we all just part of the fun is, is projecting things that we don't know. And, uh, you know, think about how many guys in that top 10 are, are names that we will forget as we move forward in life. And, um, you know, that, that's another thing to take away from this. Uh, cause that, that's, that is a pattern that continues is how many guys that are drafted in the first round just disappear and we don't, we don't hear from again. Right. So I, and that'll be another thing to take a, take a peek at, but, uh, everybody, thanks for tuning into another episode of the discussion five sponsored by, Manscaped. Uh, 
check us out. We are now, uh, if, if you're listening to this uh, through podcasts, we, we do now post on IGTV and YouTube. And if you're listening to us on IGTV and YouTube, uh, we also are on every podcast platform out there. So if you don't have time to stare at the video, uh, we've got plenty of ways to listen to audio. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Hi everybody, this is Matt Klink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com, BrothersofDiscussion.com, find us on Twitter at BODpodcast, and of course we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States, the Brothers of Discussion are covering it, so if you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody